going on sports fans got another good one for you today today i'm going to be recapping the chargers versus raiders game on thursday night then i'm going to get into a few of the matchups i'm looking most forward to this weekend so let's get into it first thing chargers versus raiders this was a really fun game to watch it was back and forth all game the chargers did end up taking the game 30 to 27 in overtime but just an all-around fun game to watch What surprised me most about this game, though, was the fact that the Raiders offense was able to keep up with the Chargers even after Derek Carr left the game towards the end of the first quarter with a left groin injury. And to add on to that, they even lost Hunter Renfro later on in the game. So lost two crucial parts to their offense and were still able to keep up with the Chargers who have a pretty, you know, pretty potent offense with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler, Hunter Henry, and the list goes on. They just, they have a very good offense. And in part of that was because Marcus Mariota came in for Derek Carr and played a really good game. Mariota had 226 passing yards. He had a passing touchdown. He did have a interception where he threw the ball a little bit behind Zay Jones and the Chargers defender ended up catching the ball, running it. Chargers were in field goal position but the field goal kicker missed the field goal so no harm done from that interception although you know an interception is never good ended up did not hurting the Raiders and then Mariota also had 88 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown so a really good game for Mariota and then also Darren Waller had a very good game had nine receptions 150 yards and a pass and a receiving touchdown so a really good game from both those guys they both realized with Derek Carr out that they were going to have to step up and they did and they rose to the occasion they weren't able to get the win but I don't put it on those two they played a very good game and they just weren't able to overcome the circumstances and that's probably where the good stuff for the Raiders ends there their offense played a very good game But the Raiders defense played an awful game and probably as expected because the Raiders defense, the Raiders defense has not been good all year. And with injuries to Jonathan Abram, uh, defensive end Cleanan Farrell, cornerback Damon Arnett and linebacker Nicholas Morrow, they just got worse. They were missing a couple starters. And when your defense is already bad, when you miss a couple starters, it's going to get worse. This was a huge loss for the Raiders, though, as it seems as the weeks go on, their their playoff hopes keep slipping farther and farther away from them. A couple weeks ago, they were in the thick of the playoff hunt going into that matchup with the Colts. I had actually picked them to win that game. They got blown out, and then they come into this week. They lose Derek Carr in the first quarter, and then they end up losing the game in overtime. So now they sit at 7-7, seven and seven, and I don't think with their remaining games they have enough to get into the playoffs with the teams ahead of them. They do play the Dolphins next week at home. Even if they win that game, I don't think they make it into the playoffs. And I don't think they win this game, regardless if Derek Carr is playing or not. I think the Dolphins are a much better team, and they're actually in the thick of the playoff hunt. So I think they come out there and they take care of business against the Raiders. Moving on to the Chargers side of things, their offense played a great game. 
Justin Herbert had 314 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and had a game-winning rushing touchdown. It was a quarterback sneak on the one-yard line, but regardless, he had three total touchdowns and 314 passing yards. A great game from Justin Herbert. He also tied Baker Mayfield for the most passing touchdowns by a rookie in this game. So really just an an all-around impressive season from Justin Herbert, the fact that he tied that record with two games still left in the season. I expect him to break that record, so it'll be really cool to watch him going down the stretch. I think he, you know, obviously breaks that record. I think it's pretty set in stone that he's going to pass for another touchdown this season barring any unfortunate injuries and I really hope that doesn't happen to him we saw it happen to Joe Burrow hope it doesn't happen to this guy really like him and I think he's going to be a really good quarterback in this league for years to come what really surprised me about the Chargers offense um, Thursday night though was the fact that they were able to generate offense with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen on rep counts Both their star wide receivers had gotten hurt in the game against the Falcons. And then they came into that game, uh, the game against the Raiders on rep counts, and they were still able to get production. Not out of those two, really. Those two really didn't have that well of a game. And I didn't expect them to, nursing injuries, I don't expect them to play to their potential. But guys really stepped up. Justin Herbert made the right throws, accurate throws when he needed to. Hunter Henry had a pretty big game. So it was really cool to see the Chargers, you know, the rest of their guys step up when they were missing their two big playmakers down the field. Chargers have now won two straight after losing to the Patriots 45-0. to And I feel like this is really important. The Chargers really needed to win these games to one help save Anthony Lynn's job. I think if they continued to drop games, he was going to get the boot, even though I don't think it would have been right right for him to get the boot because I think, you know, this year's just been so odd and with COVID and everything that he deserves another year. And with a young quarterback, I'm sure they're going to turn things around. But I think you know, they were going to fire him if he kept losing games. And he's he's finally turned them around. I think they're going to finish the year at 5-11. and 11. They play the Broncos next week at home. Should be a good in-division game. But I do have the Chargers taking that one. So, like I said, they play the Chiefs after that. They're obviously going to lose that one. So, I think the Chargers end up 5-11. and 11, Be, you know, enough to save Anthony Lynn's job. And I'm going to be really excited to see what Justin Herbert does in year two and what Anthony Lynn is going to do and do in year two, because I think he has a lot to prove after he struggled this season. So moving into the matchups I'm most looking forward to this weekend, obviously there's a lot of big games going on this week with it being conference championship week in college football. So going to go through a couple of those games and then I'm going to get into the NFL games. So my most anticipated game of this weekend's bunch is number three Clemson versus number two Notre Dame rematch. This is the first time these teams played was really fun nail biter. Um, Notre Dame ended up taking the game 40 to 47 in double overtime, but the Tigers were without their star quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, and had a few injuries on defense. So I do think Clemson, now that they're fully healthy, do take this game against Notre Dame. I still expect it to be within one score, but I think Clemson takes it. And I think even if Clemson does win this game, that Notre Dame and Clemson both make it in the playoff and potentially will probably be two and three still and we'll see each other in the playoffs. We'll get round three, and whoever wins that one will, you know, we know they're the better team. 
So I think that'll be really fun to watch. I think if no if Notre Dame does find a way to win this game, which I think is certainly possible, that Clemson does fall out of the playoffs and we might see a Texas A and M or, you know, who who knows in there, but I do think Clemson takes this game. Moving on from that, number 14, Northwestern versus number four, Ohio State. I think this is really Ohio State's chance to prove that, prove themselves and to prove to everyone else that, hey, we belong. You know, I know we haven't, they haven't played a lot of games, only five up to this point. And if they win this one, they've only played six. But I think if they can continue to beat the opponents that have been put in front of them, that you have to put them in there. I do see some concerning things here, though. If Ohio State struggles against Northwestern, Northwestern is a good team, but they're ranked number 14. So the committee recognizes that they're a good team, but does not consider them, you know, top 10. They're, they don't consider them potential college football playoff teams. So if Ohio State ends up struggling against this team and they haven't played too many games, it, they do risk the chance of not making it into the playoff. Like say they went on a last second field goal or just the Buckeyes look bad in this game. I could certainly see the committee keeping them out if Texas A&M, who plays a really bad Tennessee team this week, dominates, like blows Tennessee out by 70 or something like that, I could certainly see Ohio State falling out because of that. But if they take care of business against Northwestern, which will be no easy task, Northwestern is not a team that you just run all over and that they're going to roll over when you get up on them. I think if they take care of business against Northwestern and make sure it's not a sloppy game from them, that they'll be fine and make it into the playoff. Moving on from that one, number one, Alabama plays number seven, Florida. Don't really think Florida belongs to be at number seven. They only fell one spot after losing to a LSU team who has five losses. And after only beating uh, Florida, they only had four losses. So, I mean, four wins. So not a a really bad LSU team is what I'm trying to say, and they lost to him. So I think they deserve to fall more than just one spot in the college football playoff when you're talking about Cincinnati, who hasn't lost a game, or Coastal Carolina, who's been rolling. But the committee obviously feels that they are still a very good team, although they did have that one bad game against LSU. I think Alabama has this one in the bag, though. I don't think Florida is going to... I think Florida has the potential to keep it close. You know, their offense is really electric, but their defense is so bad. And with Mac Jones and that offense that Alabama has, I think they they run away with it. I don't think Florida's offense can keep up with Alabama's, especially because Alabama has a much better defense than Florida's. We all know Florida literally threw away any hopes at the playoff last week when they lost to LSU 37-34. to So Florida is not really playing for much now. So like I said, I think Alabama takes this one handily, double digits at least. Moving on from that one, we got number six, Iowa State. Iowa State versus number 10 Oklahoma. I think this I think I think Iowa State is another team that I think is ranked too high. They're a two-loss team and they're at number 6 and I get, you know, the way the rankings were set up, they kind of had to move to 6 with Florida losing to LSU, but I don't think Florida or Iowa State really belong where they are, but obviously the committee thinks that, so they're there. I think it's going to be a very good game. 
Iowa State versus Oklahoma. I do think Iowa State is a legitimate team. They're obviously a good team, but I don't think they're the number six team in the country. I do think Iowa State beats Oklahoma. Not sure how close this game is going to be. Haven't watched much from either of these opponents, but what I have seen, I've seen Iowa State looks much better than Oklahoma. Number nine, Cincinnati plays number three, number 23, Tulsa. Cincinnati is a team I would like to see, you know, swapped with Iowa State. I think Cincinnati, although they don't have the strongest strength of schedule, they haven't played the best opponents. I mean, Florida's probably played, or Florida has played better opponents. Iowa State has probably played better opponents. I still think Cincinnati with a perfect record and how well they've looked in their games belongs to be at number six. They've, at least in my eyes, they've, you know, passed the eye test. They look like a very good team, although they don't play, you know, probably the same caliber of opponents as these other guys. They've beat their guys that they're playing handily. They haven't kept it close in much of their games. And so I think that's worth something. They play number 23, Tulsa. I think they take care of them blow them out. I think Tulsa's a solid team, but I think Cincinnati's just a lot better. A game I'm really sad that got canceled, though, is number 12 Coastal Carolina versus number 19 Louisiana. Coastal beat the Cajuns 30-27 to earlier in this year. In the year, this was a rematch for the Sunbelt Championship. It's going to be really cool to see if Coastal Carolina won. They're most likely going to get into the top 10. If Louisiana won, they were going to get their revenge on Coastal. It's just going to be a really cool game to see. Sucks it got canceled because of COVID concerns with Coastal Carolina. There's nothing you can do there. Obviously, that's the world we live in now. So... I'm not mad that it got canceled. Obviously, you have to be safe and precautious when coming when dealing with things like this, but it just sucks that the game had to get canceled because this was going to be a really fun game to watch. Moving on to the professional side of things, um, a game I'm looking I'm looking forward to is the 6-7 and seven Bears at the 6-7 and seven Vikings. And you might hear those records and be like, Jess, what are you talking about? These teams have sub, like they're not even at 500. And I get what you're saying. The records aren't good, but both these teams are still in the thick of the playoff hunt in the NFC. The card, actually the Vikings and the Bears are at 8-9. and nine. Cardinals currently hold the 7th seed, but only by one game. So we'll see. The, these teams played earlier in the year. Obviously, they're in-division rivals. The last matchup was close. The Vikings ended up taking it 19-13. I think the Vikings do take it again. The Bears looked really good against the Texans last week, and I think if Mitchell Trubisky can play any part, any sort of way like he played last week, that this will be an, an even closer game than six points. But I still think the Vikings take it. I think they find a way to get Dalvin Cook and generate the run game up a little bit more because they struggled with that in the last matchup. And I think even if they aren't able to do that too much, that their receivers in Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins, while not elite, he is good enough to win games against the struggling Bears team. So... Like I said, I think the Vikings take care of business here, but I do see it being a close game, and potentially the Bears might squeak it out depending if Mitchell Trubisky comes out and performs again. You know, I'd honestly like to see that. I hate to see him struggle the way he is after being drafted number two overall, but it's kind of, you know, payback on the Bears for passing up on my man Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. 
Another big matchup I'm looking for a matchup I'm looking forward to this weekend is the nine and four Seahawks at the six and seven Washington football team. And you know, while the records don't sound like they're very close, this game I expect to be a really good game. You have a rolling Washington team, very high powered defense versus a Seattle team who was struggling weeks past, but had a really big game against the Jets and have a very high-powered offense. So, I, I, like I said, I expect this game to be very close. I expect it to be a very good game, a very entertaining game to watch. The only thing that concerns me, though, is Washington's secondary. They, I saw some things when they played the Cowboys a few weeks back where Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb were, you know, really hurting their corners. They were getting open. And so against star wide receivers like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, I can certainly see that happening again. But I feel like Washington's defense has improved since then. And their defensive line is one of the best all around defensive lines in the league. So I expect them to get after Russell Wilson because he doesn't have the best blocking. And if they can put some hats on Russell and hit him a couple times, he's not an easy guy to shake by any means. But if they can do that, any quarterback can only take so much. And I certainly see a way Washington can win this game. And I think I'm actually going to pick Washington to win this game by anywhere. It's just one score. I think Seattle you know, plays a, a solid game, keeps it close. But I think Washington's defense, you know, in a league where the offense is the most, you know, prolific thing, that's why that's kind of how we characterize good games. And I'm even guilty of it when a game is high scoring back and forth. You know, we characterize it as a very good game when a game could end six and three and people will be, be mad about it. While it's not as entertaining to watch, it's certainly impressive. And I think in a league where the offense is, you know, the main staple of every team, Washington's doing it a little bit different. And I think their defense is enough to hold off the Seahawks and get the football team to 500. Moving on to my next matchup. The 12-1 Chiefs at the 10-3 Saints. This matchup would and is potentially a Super Bowl preview, but I think that this matchup would be a lot more entertaining and a lot more you know fun to watch had the Saints been healthy and had they had um, Drew Brees. But obviously they don't. I don't think I don't expect this game to be much of a game because Drew Brees isn't playing. I think Taysom Hill is a solid guy, but he's nowhere near the level of Drew Brees. So I don't think this game is much of a game. I think the Saints defense has the ability to keep it, you know, from being a blowout. But I think the Chiefs, no matter what the score is, are going to have a handle on this game and not really get away from them. That's uh, it for today's episode, guys. I appreciate all the listens and follows. Remember, to leave a review if you're listen if you're listening on um, Apple Podcasts or whatever streaming platform you listen on. Thank you guys for all your continuous support, and I will see you guys next time on the Blitz.